You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts. Welcome to Main Street View, where we deep dive all things Disney under the Disney umbrella. Uh, we are here brought to you by Walt's Apartment Podcast, the Dis Insider. We are glad to have you here. We are glad that you are here to deep dive with us. And along with myself, I am here with my co-host, Sean. Sean, how are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm, I'm doing real good. I mean, I always get excited over a good deep dive. And this one, I found myself deep diving <laughs> just to put the show together. So... I'm super yeah. excited for it. I don't research any of our shows, but except this one, when you send me, hey, we're going to talk about this. So I actually have to like focus and think about stuff. I'm like, okay, cool. I mean, I don't, I can't say I don't research any of the shows, but I mean, I put the other shows together. This one is nice. I don't have to, but I was like, crap, I got to look up and see who all the CEOs, oh, CEOs were. Yeah. I said CEOs. Yeah. Let's go. And that's, and that's our topic today is deep diving, not only just the individual CEOs, but like the, CEO umbrella, the people that say the yeses, the noes, the people that are making the big changes, whether they're good, they're bad, whether they're raising prices and really deep diving that, but deep diving on what the uniqueness is. Why does it seem like every time there's a new CEO or the upper management umbrella changes, there's so much that trickles down, which is natural, but it seems like every 10 to 15 years, there's a bigger and bigger tidal wave that is just really hitting not only the guests, but the cast member and the boots on the ground Disney employees. So just really trying to deep dive what's working, what's not, what worked in the past, what doesn't work now, and really just seeing some of these CEOs' biggest traits and some of these CEOs' biggest fails. Um, But but our first question that I got is uh, Walton Roy, during Walton Roy's era, they created a magic that still to this day, is the blueprint. It is the the holy grail of what Disney is. But why? my question that I I would like us to discuss is, why is that magic so difficult to recreate today? Technology's better. There's so much more that we had that Walt didn't have back in 1954 when he first, you know, hey, let's build Disneyland. There's so much more, but why is it so much harder for us to create that magic today? I, you, you send us this stuff and you send me this stuff. I'm looking at trying to figure this stuff out. And, and I, I saw this question. I'm like, is and I, my first thought of, of this was, has it really changed? Is it, is, is it really different? But then I think the reason it's harder now, I, I thought about this a little bit more when I was at work that the, what I think is, is that, because times are changing. Times are so different than it was in the in the 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, just in the way life is, if, if you really think about it. I mean, 
the bit the biggest topic on on extra magic hour for this last like six months to a year has been splash mountain you know what i mean back then it wasn't a issue what that is what what the, what the the meaning behind that is i mean yes there's even issues when song of the south came out how the gentleman who played uncle remus couldn't even come to the he couldn't even go to the thing to the um grand opening or the premiere but times have just changed so much and i think i i think that's the biggest challenge that any of them have is that you have to make every single person happy and like some of your other questions in here are, are all going to kind of go back to that same thing because everything is completely different the way people think now is uh, i might be rambling up do you understand what i'm trying to say yeah, it's, no. it's just and that's kind of what sparked that question was there are so many people that say the magic's gone there are so many people that say that. I disagree. And I disagree with that. I disagree about 85% of the time. For me, some of the pieces where it does stick is, for instance, um, with the Song of the South and, and <clears throat> Splash Down being changed over to Tiana, that is fine. Mm-hmm. The recent change to the French market to be Tiana, that I'm like, why? French market is not hurt in any way, shape, or form. Right. It, it it does well. That individual Disneyland identity is doing just fine. There's no reason to slap an IP on it. And I feel like right now we are in a era where everything is IP. You look at the oh four, for sure. You look at the four key lands of Disneyland: Tomorrowland, Fantasyland, Adventureland, and um, Frontierland. Mm-hmm. Those are vague themes. In the yeah. last twenty years, we've gotten Pixar Pier. Cars Land, Marvel mm-hmm. Land, and it's like, man, you bottleneck yourself into designs. You can't put any of the ride in Star Wars Land unless it's themed to Star Wars Land. And yeah, so, for right. so, I don't think the magic is gone, like people like like the the headline likes to say. But I do think the magic of storytelling and creativity is gone. I I, I think we. We look at stuff that says, hey, that's going to make money, which I get the business side. But going back to Walt and Roy, I thought that was the beauty of it. Roy was, how do we keep the lights on and how do we keep this going? But at the same time, how do we still have the storytelling? How do we still have what people really want? A ride like the People Mover. Everybody loves the People Mover, and it's the most simplistic ride ever. (laughs) But there was no IP on there. And that, and that is a ride that everyone asks for. So yeah. that's where I'm, I'm stuck with the magic is I don't believe it's gone, but I think it's evolved to something that we don't look at as magic. It's more of a, a, a fantasy like where the Disney magic is. Mm-hmm. Let's give you something so basic, but make it so much better that you love it. I mean, uh, I, I, I completely understand what you're saying. But I think again, it, I'm going to keep going now. Now I've realized I'm going to keep going back to that same theme, that same answer is that times have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, back in the 50s and 60s, when Disneyland was was being built and designed and created, you didn't have 60 movies worth of of IP that you could slap on it. Um, I guarantee you, we will see something in the future around Elsa, which I'm surprised, like like Elsa and on, which I'm surprised we haven't already. Because that's where the money comes from. And I even think back then, I think Walt Disney himself did the same thing back then, but at a, but in a smaller 
you know, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Dumbo, all movies that he made. So they are actually going by the same blueprint that that he did back then. And when it comes to the French Quarter, I, I think I've eaten at the French market once. I, you know, I get you get the beignets there. You know, I eat more at Cafe Orleans and get myself Monte Cristo. But I don't see a problem with with, with them doing that. Not Tiana's from New Orleans. I think that I I like that they're going hard into into Tiana, New Orleans. I I think and little girls love looking up to Tiana. Tiana's probably one of the most popular princesses as well. So I think it makes sense at this time and it could, and you can just build on it now. I mean, obviously you're building the new ride around Tiana. You can add more to that. You can have another Tiana movie. You can make a movie off of the ride. Like some of these, they, they made movies off some of the pirates of the Caribbean. They made a movie from the ride, not the other way around. So it's, it's kind of a, I don't know. I, I get what you're saying about it's, it's kind of magic losing, but Walt kind of did the same thing. If you really think about it, I mean, he, like I said, Alice in Wonderland, um, Snow White, every Pinocchio, all those rides that were there when he was there were all from movies that he created just at a smaller than we're doing now. No, and, and 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 everything you just shared, I do not disagree with. I am I'm okay with Tiana coming into the French market, but I just don't see the need for it. And I, I say need because I feel like that is a easy flip. When you of have course. things like, for instance, uh, in DCA, you go to the theater where Aladdin was. It's sitting dead space. Why not utilize those resources that are put up, put in the French market? It's already doing okay into that project. I just feel like there's some projects that we are taking shortcuts on. I agree. And, no, I agree with you. And so, but I'm okay with all the changes they're making. I mean, the saying goes, Disneyland will never be complete. I mean, it's always going to be evolving, and I'm okay with that. I would like to just see when it comes to IP, don't bottleneck yourself. You bring up like Peter Pan, yeah. Alice, one less of that. In Fantasyland, they can have all those different properties because mm-hmm. it's that land. Star Wars land and Marvel's land, no matter what, you have just Star Wars and Marvel. Sure. Like You can only do so sure. much with that before it's like, hey, uh, you bottleneck yourself. And right. so – I'm kind of confused about about where they're putting her her restaurant. I honestly thought it would be where Hungry Bear is. Hungry Bear will still not fit anywhere in the in that park once this is all done. I mean, you can have Hungry Bear and Winnie the Pooh over there in the corner next to the Tiana ride. Are, are they going to go away? Are you going to have? I hope not, because I like Hungry Bear. But a Hungry Bear being a a, a quick serve. Tiana style food would have been great. I think. I think it would have fit right there by the ride. I think it would have been way better. I think me personally, I think they have bigger plans for Hungry Bear and Winnie the Pooh because there's I mean it's rumored still, but there is the Disneyland Forward project. And oh, yeah. that's a, that little area is supposed to be the gateway that makes, to the uh, other side. Makes sense. I so I think point. that not only that, it would make sense over there, but re-theming the French market. Haunted Mansion still has the New Orleans vibe. Yeah. And then Splash Mountain plays into that transition from New Orleans to Critter Country. It's more of like a peanut butter and jelly type of blend now. Yeah, that makes sense. But I forgot about Disneyland Forward. That totally makes sense. Then I forgot about that. So that, and, I, and honestly, I, I or I would see Country Bear and um, 
uh, Winnie the Pooh possibly even getting leveled out for a Star Wars extension if they go it that could, route. It could be. Yeah, I, I, I see that. No, I, I think what you're saying looks like I completely spaced on Disneyland for forward, and that's that is the entry, isn't it? So that would make a lot of sense to not do anything with that right there. So yeah, that's yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's our our first our, our first little bullet point is recreating the magic, and I, and I don't I think I like that we don't well like we don't always agree, so it makes this show a lot better. So it makes oh absolutely, it, <laughs> and it's different points of view because you will have. Yeah. Yeah, 50-50 in the park all, all through the day. Right. Um, so Disney CEOs through the years, uh, were they an important piece for the future or a piece that we can have done without? So with that, hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off a list of <laughs> Disney CEOs that I okay. pulled up okay. and get your thoughts on them. Are they, should they have stayed? Would we have been better off without them? <clears throat> get my list ready. All right, so the first one I have up is Card Walker. Are you not going in order? Um, that's who I have on my list. Let me see that I get that mixed up. Roy was first. Oh, see, Roy and Walt, I was kind of counting as a yeah. a pair. The and article I, I found just a little bit ago it said that um that Roy was um. Roy was named CEO in 1929, but didn't become official until two years after Walt's death because they did everything together. So, yeah. Okay. You know, from, from, I mean, if, if, if we can go off, but Card Walker, no, in my opinion, no, he wasn't, wasn't necessary. Card Walker did, I mean, I've watched Imagineering Story. If, well, we can go off your list and just answer the questions, but um, um, Card Walker, I, People didn't like him. People didn't care for him. People didn't, uh, for, for, from what I've heard and read about him, he just kind of was there. He was the first, I believe, non, non-family non member to actually, to, to, to be a CEO because it was, it was technically Roy that whole time before. He just didn't have the title after Walt died because, like I said, they carried everything. Card Walker um, rushed Epcot, um, did not did not go off of what Walt's plan was, even though Walt's plan probably could not have t- feasibly been done in the eighties, even though it was his, it was out of this world, you know, they just wanted to get something else out there after, you know, but no card Walker, not necessary in my opinion. That's, that's where I was at with it. I was like, I, I was doing the research on it. And I was like, what key things? I mean, each CEO, there was like key things that came and with him, it was just, there was things that there was things that opened underneath his belt, but things that he didn't really start, and they finished because they were kind of already projects in motion. Yeah, um, they had to do Epcot. They had to figure out Epcot or yeah, or Walt, and because that was his big that was his biggest thing the whole time. Of sorry, now that was his we, biggest. Go ahead with Epcot. Do you think Epcot today? Or do you think Epcot, the way Walt envisioned it, would work today? Now it could have. <clears throat> I think we have the technology now, yes. I don't think in the 80s. I understand what they did, why they did what they did. They they brought a lot of technology. Like I said, I just watched Imagineering Story last week again. And they did bring a lot of technology, computerized, um, forward-thinking stuff in, in into Epcot. But 
<clears throat> his his idea that he had in the '60s. Now I think in the in 2020s I think absolutely they could have done exactly what he wanted because we have all that stuff now. We have monorail systems and we have we have hub sticks. You know, so, so yeah, I do think it was possible. I think it's definitely possible, but I think Disney would have a lot more challenges <clears throat> on their hands, especially this whole people wouldn't be happy with it for sure. No, because I mean this yeah. whole Reedy Creek agreement and now it's a little village where you or town. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, it was originally not meant to be an entertainment it was like a living area almost like mm-hmm. they're doing in palm springs mm-hmm. with the new housing plan so i think it could definitely work today but i think disney would have a lot more challenges on their hand and that governor wouldn't allow it <laughs> oh no absolutely not yeah. right now it would be hot water over there hotter than it already is yeah so i didn't i didn't have roy on my list so i want to go back to roy sure um I feel like it's an obvious answer, but what are some key things that, especially watching the Imagineer story, what are some key things that stood out to you about Roy when it comes to the Disney company itself? Oh, geez. I mean, Roy, I think Roy probably had the hardest job in the company, in in my opinion. I joke with Chris Alardi from, you know, we joke all the time. He says, he says, Roy did it better, you know, talking about Walt Disney world. But, um, um, Roy had it twice as hard because Walt had the ideas and Roy had to freaking had to make it come true, you know? Yeah. I feel like with Roy, I mean, there's, he's, 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 he's one of the unsung heroes a lot. When you think of, I think he's the most unsung hero, honestly, in, in the, in the company. I mean, when it comes to like CEOs and then umbrella, Yes. But yeah. I think that there's a there's a handful of them out there. When yeah. it, especially when it comes to like actually, yeah, you're right. I think we got a couple l- later ones down the road that I think. But I think in the first what forty years of the company, thirty oh, yeah. years of the company, it was Roy. Ex- there would be no Disneyland without Roy Disney because he was able to make it work. One hundred percent, especially <laughs> between especially between 1923 and 1954, before the. Right. <clears throat> monster that disneyland will become in 1955 i feel like between 1923 he's selling stuff that no one's heard of i mean to pitch snow white to pitch pinocchio to really pitch these movies to make money uh fantasia fantasia was an incredibly risky project mm-hmm. fantasia today if you were to make it is an incredibly risky project and so i, w- I would not song of the south this- Song us out, yeah. I mean, that movie would not been would not be made after the seventies. So let's yeah. be honest; it wouldn't have been and, made. So, and not only that, to to pull the plug on it, and yeah. it, it sees very little light of the day today. I mean, yeah. it, it's it's mind blowing. But I think there's nothing that I can say. Like I was trying to find like stuff where, hey, where where did Roy slip up? Where did maybe he was not his strong points? I mean, then again, though, it's been so many years that we don't really research anything that he's done negative not in like a super negative I way <clears throat> i don't i really can't think of i i can't think of anything negative i mean i know when I me mean, walt died like at like 67 so or 65 he wasn't that yeah 60, 65, 65 he died he died uh 66 yeah but he when he, but i think he was 65 when he died so i mean he was older and i think roy was isn't roy older yeah roy's older roy, roy, roy was, was older and Roy had to, and they, they, and I keep going back to the Imagineering story. They said Roy had to find that magic and had to 
think like his brother and also figure and, and continue to run the company. So he, he built Walt Disney world to honor his brother. Cause he said, that's what he wanted. And that's what his little brother wanted. So he's, he's, he's going to make sure it happens. So, I mean, he's, he, he, I think he's top two, top three, most influential CEOs, it, you know, cause he is, he was a CEO in, in, in this company for sure. I mean, um, Don Tatum and Roy, no, I'm not Roy. What was the, the family member's name? Uh, Cardinal, uh, no, uh, Ron Miller. He didn't, he didn't need to be there, but I mean, but I mean, that was done because of family, but you know, card Walker was a business person that, that needed to be there. I mean, and, and tried. And then Michael Eisner came after card Walker, right? Uh, yes. Or, okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we're going to get into those. Obviously the last three we're going to talk about are going to be the, the, the most. And I think, I think Chapik is even in that, is he is going to be even in that influential part? I know everyone hates him, and but there's good things he did, and we'll, yeah. and we'll we'll talk about them. And and with that, actually, I mean, now that I think about, it, I mean, we you have Ron Miller, you have uh, Car Walker, you have Don Tatum. Those three, I mean, there's not. I mean, you could almost bundle those three together and try to look at what what stood out, and and there really wasn't. I mean. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until, and I mean, we can kind of jump over them and go straight into the Michael Eisner, Frank, uh, Frank. I mean, they tried, they tried to do their thing, but I mean, I think, yeah, Frank Wells and, and Michael Eisner is where it started and they saved the company in my opinion. I mean, cause it was, you know, we can get into that, but go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. We'll jump right into those because the, the Dante and Carl Walker and Ron Miller, they were such in a, a hard time with the wars Mm-hmm. All that stuff. There was just not much that Disney could do. It wasn't until Michael Eisner and Frank Wells came around that right. Disney was, I don't want to say reborn, but that that You're magic, right, that, that, right, magic that Walt Roy had came yeah, back. For sure. And and so with Michael Eisner, I mean, it's hard to say Michael Eisner without Frank Wells, but with Michael right. Eisner being the CEO, what are some key things that you think he did well in his time with Disney? Well, he built seven amusement. He built seven theme parks in the time that he was CEO, um, which is huge. He, you know, when he when the, you know he him and Frank Wells came in, they had a meeting with all the people at, at Walt Disney World and said, "Hey, we're going to bring back the magic. We're going to bring back what the company like Walt wanted to be." He they went to the Imagineers and said, "You're the backbone to this company. You're going to get to create again. You're going to get to do what what you what what you were." hired to do and what you were created to do which was build theme parks and use your imagination and make cool things and look at what they've done they did they did in his time they did disneyland paris which is on my bucket list obviously they did both three four i'm gonna say disneyland uh, hong kong disneyland was that hong was was he hong they kong did hong kong did he do tokyo. hong kong yeah, hong kong uh, tokyo did shanghai disneyland c um dca dca hollywood studios in paris obviously dca at first was was not the you know um magic um animal kingdom yep hollywood studios hollywood studio yeah i mean look at what they did the cruise lines i mean yeah i mean then they also started the renaissance of of animation as well little mermaid beauty and the beast lion that is a key piece it's 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 the key piece yeah that is that is probably one of his most underrated accomplishments. And, it, and I think it seems underrated because it wasn't just him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was him, Frank Wells, Roy, Roy Jr., um, 
uh, Jeffrey Ketzenberg. It was all those yep. guys yep. that, and it gave us the animation we know and love today. I you mean, there's in, some movies that you just bring came in out. Star, and, you, you bring in Star Tours, which what they didn't buy Star Wars yet, but I mean, it was they laid the groundwork for it. I mean, Indiana Jones, which Indiana are Jones. just, I mean, you look at Disneyland, which I, I mean, me and you both are Disneyland people. We don't, I've been at Walt Disney World once when I was 16, but you look at it. And Michael Eisner's foot hand footprint is everywhere there. Yeah, everywhere. So you know, you have the seven trenches of Disney, and that's your entertainment, your parks, your films, your uh, your merch, your everything. And so, all of those. Now, those trenches were started. Were they perfected? No. The no. Disney Cruise Line was it was working. Started that was, too. I mean, yeah, yeah. started that. Uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios in Paris yep. wasn't the biggest thing. Right. Um, Paris had some flaws at first, but overall, he took he would took, and I would even argue he took more chances. Oh, for sure. Than the beloved Bob Iger. <laughs> I completely agree I, with I, you. I completely agree with you. I mean, look at look at the chances that he took and almost got ousted because of you know the the Disney family or Roy Disney Jr. tried to oust him. And like do a coup to take take him over. My opinion, if Frank Wells wouldn't have passed away, I think we would have seen Michael Eisner as the CEO for another at least ten years longer than he was. That was his backbone. That was his support. That was his Roy. So his I was he stole the words right out of my mouth. I was gonna that say was, that, that was, was his, his Roy. Roy. Yeah, I mean, they both had a Roy mentality. They both had a business mentality. Walt was like, I don't care what you have to do to make it happen. Just make it happen. Yep. These two guys, I mean, he came from Paramount Pictures and was like, okay, so he knew about movies. But then he also had Frank Wells that would say, hey, but we have these parks and look what we can do with these parks. And and I don't know. I am I, a huge fan of Michael Eisner. I know a lot of people aren't. I think Michael Eisner did more. Do I want to say he did almost more than any than any CEO? It's possible. If you're actually talking about just CEOs, he did more than any other CEO possible. If you're talking about theme parks, seven theme parks, the some of the best beloved movies, like as we talked about it, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Little Mermaid, which kicked it all off because they were having shitty movies before that. Mm-hmm. Black Cauldron, terrible movie. I mean, let's let let's be real. It's not it wasn't good. But Michael Eisner was a stud. I mean, I mean, even into the hockey team, they bought the hockey team, they bought the baseball team. Disney was everywhere because of Michael Eisner's decisions. I mean, maybe even more than Bob Iger, the, the beloved Bob Iger and Bob Iger 2.0, which I think so far is a failure, but we'll get into that. So, so I, I, I agree with everything <laughs> you said there, with the exception of the Black Cauldron. I love the Black Cauldron. <laughs> I that's, that all, is, that's all you picked out of that? Was that? Yeah. Everything else, I agree with you. The only thing I disagree with you is the Black Cauldron because I think that movie has so much going for it and that was disney animation swinging for the fences well, i was like in the fifth fifth or sixth grade so maybe that's why i was like what this is stupid oh, <laughs> i remember watching as a kid and i'm like this is so scary but i love it right Give me more. well look but, at but look at you though I, I i can see that by knowing you now and knowing your mentality and personality i can see you loving that yeah i mean and look so at, you know but yeah i agree i mean i would say michael eisner he took chances, and a lot of if, if social media was as big as it is today, back then mm-hmm. we would all praise him for it. But a lot of the stuff that we 
say we know, we think we know, we want to believe we know, is all hearsay. So the hearsay has ended up in the telephone game, and a lot of bad-mouthing on Michael Eisner That's a good has thing, come. That's and a good so, thing. therefore, people just believe those yeah. stories. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I didn't like the I didn't like the bridge in front of DCA. I didn't like the big letters. I'm glad they're gone. But the idea of the park, good idea. Yeah, I you thought D, I remember. When, I remember the first time I saw DCA for the first time. Uh, it was my my wife, well, my girlfriend at the time, now wife. It was like one of the our dates that her parents took us to. And I remember walking in that park, and I the subway to the right when you first walk down what is now yeah. Buena Vista Street. I was like, dude, I want to graffiti that so bad, which right. you can't because Disneyland. But it it was cool, but it felt weird. But then oh, yeah. it felt weird cool. because before then, I've only been to Disneyland like three or four times prior to that. So I didn't really know a whole lot. Since I met my wife now, we go quite a bit. Like it's yeah. pretty often. So, but yeah, it's Michael Eisner took a lot of chances. And if we were had social media today, like they did back then, or like had social media back then, like we do today, mm-hmm. he'd get a lot more praise. And he's in the end of like the Star Wars prequels. Yeah. Nobody liked the Star Wars prequels for the longest time. Yeah. They dropped this new stuff on us, and everyone's like, dude, bring back the prequels. Like, <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Now, going yeah. into our next one. Okay. Bob Iger 1.0. And I say 1.0 because obviously he's like Palpatine and he's back. So, right. Um. So, do you want to go first or do you want me yeah, to? Yeah, I'll go first. I think okay. Bob Iger 1.0. During the era that he was there, and and I'm going to be very transparent on this because obviously I didn't do as much homework as I'm doing these days. I think he he took chances, not as risky as Michael Eisner, but when it comes to spending money, mm-hmm. he took some very big risks. Some of them paid off. Mm-hmm. Some of them are paying off. And the biggest some flop of them, still, of them, some them all, still need to pay off. <laughs> yeah, and there's one that they need to. Yeah, they'll be working off for some time. You mean but the big I, one? The the the, the fox. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me buy what I want to buy, but don't give me the piece I want. Yeah, it's incredible. But <laughs> Pixar, Pixar it's was the brilliant. saving grace for brilliant Disney animation after sure. Jeffrey Ketzenberg left. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they brought John Lasseter in to kind of help rework it. The stories got better. Pixar yep. was better. Yep. Um, buying Marvel Brilliant. at the time was a risky business, but it's paid off itself. Oh, for 10 sure. times full. It's in every time they make a movie, it's 700 million plus yep. going to a billion. Star Wars, or well, Lucasfilm, I should say, buying Lucasfilm, I think, was a great investment for them. I don't appreciate that they're not utilizing everything under the Lucasfilm umbrella. They shaved that. off everything they didn't want and kept mm-hmm. two things, but there's a lot in Lucasfilm that they could have used and made that profitable. Fox, at the time, being one-sided and selfish, I was super stoked because then the X-Men and all the Marvel right. pieces they right. didn't have come over. Right. But then as I've done my homework and I realized how much they are paying for the Fox piece and how much really – isn't really there. I mean, I, everyone says there's a big Fox library. I think fifty. I think fifty percent is still not on Disney Plus. Yeah, say where? Where is it? Yeah, the other twenty five percent is still licensed out to other streamers. Mm-hmm. Not only that, what has Fox really done? That is like, I want to go back and watch that movie. A lot of their films 
you just really go watch for nostalgia purposes. You're not sure. going because it's a great movie. So that's where I think things got a little rocky. But if you go to like the sub pillar, there are a lot of other things that he did do well. I mean, obviously Shanghai Disney is mm -hmm. a beautiful park. It's a well done mm -hmm. park. I think really appointing some of the Imag Imagineers that stepped up in the ranks these oh, yeah. uh, during the first era really shook, came and went to bat for the park. The reimagining of Disney California Adventure. I agree. It, it was that chef's kiss to what Let's Michael. Let's be Isaac fair started. though. That wasn't that wasn't Bob Iger saying that. Those weren't Bob Iger's ideas. That he took ideas from the Imagineers who really make the magic. Yeah, I mean, he said let's redo it, which was a great idea. Yeah, but... he listened. He listened to the Imagineers. Right. He 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 sat in backseat, gave the yeses and nos, and just let them run. Let them run like what would them run? Um, so I don't. There's a, a small list on Bob Iger 1.0 of negatives, and I think the biggest negative is just Fox. I, I don't think there's a whole lot that I can really count as big as that, but the Fox is probably the biggest thing. That is kind of unsettling for me. I have one, and it's going to be controversial, and it'll go into Bob Chapek because um, I agree with you. I think Fox was. I hope Fox pays off. Let's be honest. All, all I mean, you kind of have to do both Bobs together to, to to talk about this because Bob Iger came back. So, but did he ever really leave? Let's be honest. I mean, it, it, you know, so. Mm -hmm. You have Bob Iger, who gets this guy, Bob Chapik. You know, Bob Chapik becomes the head of the parks and everything like that. Has the retail mind, guides guides the guides the. Um, okay, I'm, I'm I'm skipping ahead, so we'll we'll get back. Bob Iger, his biggest fail, I agree with you, would be in his first time would be would be Fox. But is it really a failure? We don't know yet. Right now, it looks like a bad. It looks like a bad mistake. Um, the way it went down, the way that they had a deal with Fox to buy it, and then Comcast steps up and says, well, we'll up it. So they basically up their own offer and wound it. And you do that every time. I've seen it. I sell cars, so I see people do it all the time. It's the same kind of thing. You you offer something, and then someone else offers something else. Well, I, well what if I do this? And you're like, shit, okay. But I hope it pays off. I mean, Bob Iger came up with, he he was the originator, or during his time, the orig he his time the originator of Disney Plus streaming. You know, Bob Chapek gets all the blame for Disney Plus, but it was created before he actually it, the idea was already there before he before he became CEO. And you can see where I'm going with this. I'm going to pick apart Bob Iger, but um, Fox was the bet. Um, the uh, I don't know. I I I, I think that. Hang on. Um, I, uh, was talk, I was talking to Nicole about this because when, when, when this all happened between the two Bobs, we went back and forth. We were arguing about this and you know that we all were kind of going back and forth and, and Fox was, was his biggest thing the first time. And I'm just stepping around the question because I'm just agreeing with you because I really don't know what else to say. I love what he, what I can't say what he did, but I love that. He spearheaded changing DCA into what it is now. Um, we talked about you don't like all the IP, IPs in the park. I love it in, in California Adventure. I think I think it fits there. I think all the IPs fit there. That's a different kind of park. It's an adult park. It's a different kind of park. 
Well, that you have, car, you have cars, you have Avengers, you have Pixar, you have Buena Vista, which Buena Vista goes back to early time with Walt and Roy. So you have so much difference there, which I think was is brilliant. Yeah, and DCA just seems like a melting pot for IP. Like yeah. there was never any really, I mean, the original land, so to say, just didn't work. No. And so all the scatteredness of the IP and DCA, it just makes sense. And I really like that. And, and but with that same thing, and I and we're slowly transitioning, a lot of that stuff sat stagnant when Bob Chapek stepped in. And I I mean, I was really hard on the guy, probably his last 16 months. I wasn't I wasn't a fan. So, guys, we are having some minor technical difficulties, so we are. I will continue on while my co-host, Sean, is getting reset back up during this time. But like I was saying, I think Bob Chapek has some key moments that get overlooked. But at the same time, I do think that Bob Chapek has a lot of challenges during his CEO. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. I don't know what happened there, brother. I'm sorry about that. I'll I'll figure that out in editing. I apologize for that, everyone. I it's all good. I ke- I, I kept the ball I, rolling a little bit. I bumped um, something and I don't know. And I I got a bad connection here with something. I apologize for that. Okay. So we, uh, we were transitioning into Bob Chapek, and I was sharing okay. that I've obviously been hard on the guy for the last 16 months of his short CEO run, mm-hmm. um, but. You have the keys to do a lot of things. Now, we are obviously learning that he didn't get the master keys to a lot of things, and which is a little bit mind-blowing because the fact that you almost don't know where Bob Iger 1.0 stopped and Bob Iger 2.0 started, but you also run into challenges that are what control did he have? So I'm going to go a little light. But one thing that I feel outside of any type of creativeness or magic, one thing that I felt really was a thorn for Bob Chapek that he could have handled was the well-being and pay of cast members. I feel like there was something that wrinkled in the company where cast members just the support for them or anything like that really just stopped and halted. And I'm not sure why, but a lot more cast members were coming up out and speaking that just things are not okay. It's not working as a CEO. That is something that you have the power to change and make Mm -hmm. happen. Creative decisions, purchase decisions, Disney plus stuff like that. I get there's a little bit of a higher up on that, but I think when it comes to just the ground level, you have enough power in your hand just for the title of CEO to make those changes. So I will leave stuff that we don't know that was happening in the big offices out there for the world to spectate, but things that he could change, like overall just well-being of employees, he could have made a change. I think that's my biggest disappointment for Bob Chapek because Mm -hmm. of the fact that you could have changed that. And, Six months ago, you'd ask me that. I'd give you a list of dirty laundry that I don't like about the guy. 
But obviously more people are speaking up and it wasn't just him making the calls, unfortunately. Sure. So to address what you said there, my daughter worked, um, did the college program when Bob Iger was in charge. She was at um, Walt Disney World when the kid got, unfortunately, eaten by the alligator. She was there. She had just gotten there. Um, He wasn't, Bob Iger wasn't liked as much. Also, he didn't treat the employees well. It just wasn't publicized like it is now. Um, they didn't get paid well when she was there. Um, they, were, they, were, they were always in, in labor disputes. They still are in labor disputes. The, the, there's always labor disputes and unions going after Disney. Um, I'm not defending Bob Chapek for anything he did. I'm just saying that's always been a thing there. I mean, even looking back into when Walt was in charge, there was labor issues. It's just always been a thing about, you know, I, I get what you're saying. And I, I appreciate that you're not, I, cause I, you were, you've been very, you, like you said, you've been very, very hard on, on Bob. I keep wanting to say paycheck because you said that, but Bob, <laughs> but Bob Chapek, but Bob Chapek, and I will stand by this. Um, at first, I was mad when they when, when it changed. I don't know what you talked about when I couldn't figure my stuff out, but um, I, I was upset when it when it first changed because I felt like, and I still, to an extent, feel like he didn't get a fair shake. And let me explain why. Um, you've sent me videos um, of stuff that, like, about the everything that Bob Iger left for Bob Chapek, which was the eighty billion dollars that he spent on on. Um, Fox, all the other stuff that he bought. Company was in debt when he because he did that right before he left. I look back on the day that Bob Chapek took over. Bob Chapek took over a month before COVID hit the United States really hard. I was part of the other podcast. We talked about this. I was sitting at work. I'm like, who's this guy? Bob Iger is the guy. He's the guy's been doing this since since Eisner. This this guy's great. Why would he leave? Um he wants to leave. he says he wants to leave and he wants to move on and do other things and maybe run for president who knows um bob chapik took over a month before covid started in the press conference that they had after they announced him as the new ceo there was a dual um interview with like msnbc or someone they had chapik and iger in the same room we love each other this is going to be great it's going to be a great transition what do you think about this covid thing the lady asks, how are you going to navigate that? And he says, it's just a speed bump in the road. You know, that's at that time, that's all it was, was a speed bump. Um, month later, world shuts down, blah, blah, blah. Bob Chapik had to run a multi, multi, multi billions and billion dollar company in the worst time you possibly could. And everything was put under a microscope. Every single thing he did was put under a microscope. Then coming back, bringing everything back, he was the one that charged all that, that was in the charge in charge of all this stuff. And if you think, and I know everyone thinks this and say, now that Bob Iger is back to get away, the get away, get away from the reservation system. If you don't think the reservation was system was coming in the future, if Bob Iger was still there, if Josh Giamara was still there. If Michael Eisner was, there, if you don't think that was coming, that was not Bob JPEG's fault. It was not his fault that we have a reservation system. The reservation system was starting before COVID with the, you had the, um, the flex, flex pass. pass. Mm-hmm. You had the flex pass at Disneyland. So it was starting um, when Bob Iger was in charge. 
um, I had a flex pass because I live in Oregon, so I could only go on certain days. I had to check the calendar and make sure I can go. And it was, you know, you can only go during these times. You can't go on these times. The system was starting. And it's to blame one person for all that, to blame one person. And this might, and I, and I going back to your comment about the, the cast members being, you know, not being treated as well. You kind of saw that when the parks reopened. You saw that the parks weren't open to full staff, so they weren't. They weren't. Stuff was breaking down. It was dirty. St- stuff like that that you never saw in a, in a Disney park before. I don't blame Bob Chapek for all this. Now, the first year of of Bob Chapek's run, Bob Iger was still there in the offices, stirring shit up, talking behind Bob Chapek's back to all the people. Hey, hey, this, you know. They, he didn't want to go. So he left in my eyes, and I and I will stand by this. Bob Iger left. He didn't want to deal with the crap of COVID. He knew it was coming. Because immediately after he left to be the CEO, he was on the California, the California COVID team, like literally like three days later. Why was Bob Chapik as the CEO of the company not on there? And it was still Bob Iger on on the governor's COVID team. Makes no, you know. So he still had his hand on everything, his pulse on everything. Um, Chapek got a bad deal. Um, did he make the best decisions? Did he make the best statements? I mean, we watched that joke on our on our live about Scarlett Johansson. Dude, you didn't handle that the best. Strike one. People are going to talk crap about you for that. You don't mess with ScarJo, just like the guy said in the video. The the don't say gay bill. Did not handle it well. Let's be honest. I mean, you know, then tried to backtrack and, and you know, Bob Chapek's just not a, he, he Bob Chapek doesn't speak like Bob Iger. It's that kind of thing. You know what I mean? So. And you bring up some good points with they, it's not that he made, had control or made some decisions, but some decisions, minor decisions were not good. I mean, the way. When theaters started reopening, 65% of the Pixar films went straight to Disney+. Plus. I agree. Why? Shouldn't have done that. Especially because for they, certain movies. They, they were so invested in Disney+, Plus at that time, they had to make it work. They had and, to try and, and make it work, and it didn't in the beginning. And they're still in debt. Yeah, and, and the, thing, the thing is, though, with Disney+, Plus, why those all the eggs are in the Disney+, Plus basket, it's never going to catch up. Because you have... And and I like Disney Plus. I'm a huge fan of Disney Plus. Sure. But Disney Plus is not my retirement plan. And the reason I say that is because eventually everybody that wants Disney Plus is going to have Disney Plus. And then guess what? Once everybody that wants it has it, there's only so many people on the planet that mm-hmm. can have access to the computer or the phone and say I have a Disney Plus account. For sure. So no matter you're always it, it, you're it's very much like Tom Morris said on the Disney Imagineering show. Water doesn't make money. It's just it's just something to have. Yep. Disney Plus eventually is going to top out and not make a profit. For mm-hmm. every movie you produce for Disney Plus, that's more money you're expecting to make off Disney Plus. But if everybody already has it, there is no room to grow. Very much like the stocks right now for Disney. If mm-hmm. everybody that wants to be invested in Disney is invested, mm-hmm. it's not going to grow anymore. Right. So I don't like that all the eggs are in the basket of Disney plus Disney channel was not that good. It worked right. because it was entertainment. I mean, 
it wasn't the next big thing. You're not Frank Wells releasing movies on VHS, and that's a new home media platform. Every VHS costs money. Disney Plus is only what, if you go top tier, I think it's $14.99 for all three combo things. Right. Well, Once Disney Plus, I mean, think about this. I don't mean to cut you off, but you know, they say Disney Plus wasn't doing well. Disney Plus was $7.99 for three years. Mm-hmm. You know, just in December, if you didn't catch it when you got the email, by the way, you're now paying $10.99. You have 165, 180 million people adding $3 a month to your thing. They're going to be, they're going to do a little bit better now. I think, I mean, if you think about the 165, that's 300, roughly $300 million a month that they're making extra by adding that $3 to it. And that's a mm-hmm. rough estimate. It, and, and it's still the, cheaper than Netflix. It's cheaper than Hulu. It's I, my Hulu bill is $115 because I have the Hulu live and everything, you know, but Netflix is still $15. It's still cheaper than that. Mm-hmm. And Disney plus could be a good source of revenue, but oh, sure. you also have to put things on there that people a want to watch, mm-hmm. but B stuff that is going to want people to continue to subscribe. Yeah. So, some of these shows are so short that, Hey, you know what? I'll buy it one month. Can't yep. watch all and cancel it. You're Absolutely. not putting stuff on there so consistently. And some of the stuff on there is kind of lackluster. It's not that good. And that's where I feel Bob Chapek really slipped and mm-hmm. kept sliding. I agree. These, all these key things to A, make more revenue, yep. but keep things alive and pumping. He didn't do it. He just kind of fell flat. And you could say that he kind of got a little bit of like some mental health problems when he was like, you didn't go on stage for things stuff like that. Yeah. But he was doing that since day one. He, he very rarely was seen doing any type of conversations about anything. Sure. And for Bob Chabin, I think that's where he failed is he was not confident in himself. I agree with the you media there. And the company 100%. ate him alive. hundred percent. That's, and I think that was his biggest problem. Was mm-hmm. he didn't, I saw him. And at D23, we I watched him speak, and he got booed. And we've talked about this many times. He got booed. It was it was awkward. It was kind of funny, but you could tell that guy was not comfortable. And could you imagine being someone that everyone hates so much, and you got to stand there and pretend like everyone likes you? Uh, it's I feel for the guy. I will always feel for the guy. I feel he got dealt a really bad deal. Um, even even with how he was let go. I mean, come on, man. That's that's the CEO of the Walt Disney Company on getting ready to go introduce Elton John on his final American tour, tour date. By the way, Bob, um, Iger's back. Sorry, you're out. Come on. That, it was a bad, and I'm the biggest Disney fan in the world, but bad look. Bad look, you know. I, it, it was a bad, it was a, it was, it was a bad look. But then again, though, I think them doing that was more of an embarrassment for Disney than Bob Chapek himself. And what's worse than than not being liked by anybody is being liked by everybody at one point and then hated by everybody. And with that transition, that leads us into Iger (laughs) 2.0. And I honestly, from what I've seen so far, I'm not impressed. I say, please tell me what you've seen. It hasn't been anything. I mean, I get he's doing his homework, but one, he didn't leave right away when he retired. 
a year. Two, you're hearing that he didn't even leave at all, that he had a building or office still in a Disney company. Yeah. Not only that, if I was to go back to my job that I worked at six years ago, it would take me like a day or two to get back in the rhythm. But for the most part, I know the blueprints. Yeah. He he and the board are making it seem like, oh, we got a new CEO where he's trying to learn his, his bearings. No. Yep. Disney doesn't make moves overnight. He's probably coming back and projects he started two years ago are probably barely coming to fruition. I mean, yeah. he I hasn't been gone that long. And the fact that we're not seeing – I don't – I mean, you can go back to the stocks with Bob Iger, but the stocks aren't going to jump that high because there's been nothing – right now to spark them. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that's coming from Disney. So the, the stocks aren't going to spark. I think you got a few things coming down the road, but these were all already in the pipeline before Bob Iger, when he was CEO the first time. Exactly. So, You've already I seen mean, your stocks jump for everything, that. Everything that we have coming. I mean, let's just talk about, I mean, you have Tron finally coming after five years to Walt Disney World. Great. Um, it's five years. That's crazy. I know COVID happened. Um, Runaway Railway coming to what should have happened should have went there should have been there first it should have been in tune down first it should not have been done in, in Florida first that's my opinion because Disneyland's the main is the is the original park and Mickey Mouse deserves to have his own damn ride in his own in his in that park I mean tune you have some cool things coming um but it's not like he's like hey let's Bob Iger is back again we're gonna do these cool things. There's nothing. I don't know in the future. Bob Iger's yeah. a place. He's a placeholder right now for whoever they're going to hire in two years. And we're yeah. already three months into his new his new regime and nothing's happened. Nothing's happening. And honestly, the world knows he's back for only two years to try yeah. to find someone to be a successor. So right now it's a pissing contest in the Disney company. You have all these people that want that role. So they're trying to make big moves. Well, guess what? Everyone makes all these moves, stuff's going to crumble. So with with Bob Iger 2.0 only having three months, right now, the only thing that I've seen so far that has given me some glimmer of hope is you see him walking the parks a little bit more often, trying to get a bearing. Other than that, though, I haven't seen nothing else. I haven't heard nothing else. Not saying that I will or ever hear anything else, but I just – Right now, I'm a little worried because there seems to be a lot of dirty laundry coming out of this transition and, and sure. stuff like that. And, sure. people and it's, it's not going to go away. It's not. It's not going to go away. Let me ask and, you this. Let me ask your thought on this really quick. Um, you say he's he's visible in the parks. Do you think that's because he's actually doing homework or you think it's just PR? I think it's a small piece of both mm-hmm. because I think what he's going to do we 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 saw D23 was I wouldn't say a complete bust but it was more of a bust than a success mm-hmm. and i think it's a pr move but i think he's walking the parks because the only pieces he has left on the chessboard to really move around and make big plays are park expansions park remodeling stuff like that sure. he's not going to go out and spend more money right now because he's yeah, still huh? in debt yeah. And what else is there to buy? Yeah, what are you gonna buy? That's gonna benefit them. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there there's rumors going around about Netflix. There's rumors going around about buying WWF. WWE. Yeah, WWE. There's rumors of that. But if if I'm a stockholder, you buy WWE, which is a dying company in a way because AEW is growing. 
you really I'm not, gonna go, I'm not gonna run to the stock market to buy Disney stocks because they bought WWE. I think it's a smart move. I'm a WWE fan, but I mean not like a, like diehard like when I was a kid or in my early years, but I think it's a smart move because it could help ESPN because you could actually put it on ESPN and it would help the ESPN platform. Like everything they've done has been to help these streaming platforms. Every single thing they've done has been done to help all these platforms. Obviously, you bought fought, you bought you bought two two thirds of Hulu to have control of it because Hulu's huge. You but bought they, Fox, you know, it, yeah. But they buy WWE in a year that just falls into the, the placement. Doesn't seem very profitable right. on their end. Besides right. merch, like what else is profitable on WWE side? I think that's why WWE is slowly slipping is because for them, they have all these high paid wrestlers and stuff like that. So I, it would be cool to see it on ESPN because yeah. then you can under the bundle. But I don't. There's not much the out idea. there. The, the there's not much out there for him to buy. And I think right, right. now his only movie he has left before finding a successor to really put the Iger name back on it is expanding the park. What can sure. we do? What can we change? And so with that, I mean, that leads one last question. Who do you think right now is the potential runner-up for the successor of Iger? I mean, there's they've talked about this Mike Parker from Nike who's going to be coming onto the board soon. I just saw I just saw that they're making that announcement at the quarterly meetings, I believe, in February. Um, they've, there's a lot of talk about him. Um, I can't think of her name right now. Cynthia, the one that helped Alice Chapik. Oh, the yeah, the the, 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 C, the CFO, the CFO, yeah. yeah. Um, and Josh, Josh Diamaro, Christy McCarthy, Christy McCarthy, yeah. Um, Josh Diamaro, I think is is everyone loves him. Now y'all understand that Josh Diamaro runs the parks, right? So Josh Diamaro is the one that came up with your your Genie Plus that you hate, your reservation system that you hate. That's all Josh Diamaro, and he supports that and hasn't said that it should go away. No one has said it should go away. So yeah. everything that y'all hate with all these reservations and system, it's all going to be there. The reservation system will be here forever. Now, I think now it has to because of the, because of the wording in the annual passes. It has to be. You're gonna have to have a reservation system. Will they maybe get rid of the the um, park hopping times? Possibly. But I don't think that? so. Yeah, I mean, I I, I I I agree. I mean, they might. I don't think it will. I mean, eleven o'clock still makes no sense to me. You're just filling up Disneyland quicker every day. Um, it makes sense on the East Coast, um, but I don't know. I, I I don't know. Who do you think it'll be? So, um, I don't have a solid, really, foot on who I think it's going to be. Right now, a lot of eyes are on Josh tomorrow. And I mm-hmm. think, honestly, keeping the reservation system right now is helping him because everyone looks to who's in charge and how can they get rid of that. Everyone's waiting for Bob Iger to announce that they're dropping that. Mm-hmm. But if I'm Josh tomorrow, what is going to get stocks going? What is going to get that fire going? Right. And if I'm looking for a slingshot play to get that hot seat, I'm dropping reservations at the perfect time. Let me ask so, you this about. Let me ask you this about the reservations. They drop the reservations. Are you gonna? Are you? So you. So you'd be fine with the blackout dates that that are still in place. 
Because mm-hmm. you have you have the same you have the enchant key as I have, right? Correct. Yeah. So, so you'd be so so you'd be fine with them just dropping the reservation. You can go whenever you want. But you'd be okay with those blackout dates. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Um, now you're right. Now you, if if you read into your like contract for your annual pass, it says that the reservations are there. So if they change it, would you ask for a refund on your on your pass? No. No, even though that's that's what's in the writing is a reservation system. Mean I wouldn't because I yeah. I think honestly I'm 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 a I'm a I'm a believer that the passes are the passes are pretty affordable. They so are. I I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't be doing now I could see some people doing that just to try to get something, but I honestly think and everyone says the parks are busy, and this is kind of going a little bit off subject, but everyone says the parks are busy. Guess what? I think the parks are busy because of the reservation system. If you were to drop that reservation system and people know that they can go for an hour or two and bail out, the parks would be less busy. Magic key holders are staying there all day because of two mm-hmm. things. One, they have to be there because they have a reservation. They don't want to get locked out. But two, if that's that makes- dumb. I think that's stupid. That's the stupidest yeah. thing I've ever heard of. But And then two, if I have a reservation, but I want to be at Disneyland, but I made a reservation for California, I have to na- now stay around till one, soon to be 11, right. but I have to stay there until that time just to park hop. So mm-hmm. therefore, they're like, all right, I'm in the park. I'm here early because I'm trying to get to Disneyland as soon as I can hop. So I think the park would be equally as busy, but then I see that it'll be the dead days would become the dead days again mm-hmm. because... Oh, I don't need to go today because I I can go tomorrow. Like there's right. no rush because I don't ha- I have whenever. So, but I think Josh Demaro would be the the runner up if he was yeah. to do some crazy slingshot play, saying, "Hey, but he needs dropping. to do it, huh? He needs to do it. Yeah, and I think he, I think that move may come and win over the people that need to vote him in. Oh, everyone because, loves him. So from oh, what yeah, I've heard, absolutely. everyone loves him. The fa- the guests love him. He's he's the best thing ever. I remember. I mean, he he went from Disneyland president to Walt Disney World president to to Parks. where he is now. Like in like in a matter of like six months total. Yeah, you know? he was moving, and he was just moving, moving, moving. But he's great. I mean, he's a great mouthpiece. He's a great. I don't know. I I I'm gonna try to think of. We need another Michael Eisner, and I hate to say that. We need another Michael Eisner to, to take over the company that has that Absolutely. vision, that has that, and I don't know who that is. I don't think any of these people that are there right now, because even Josh would be just mostly park-focused, which was their biggest revenue. I understand that, but I don't know. You, I, don't, you, I, don't, I, don't know I don't know who it is at this point. You need somebody to come from the outside and look at all the pillars, because mm-hmm. right now, coming from the parks, you look at the parks, and... Yep. Come from financials. You look at financials. You need to come from outside and look at and look at this with that same view Michael Eisner had, where we yeah. can do a lot here. We can have so much fun here, and have that view. Yeah. Um, with that, we have our last subject. Um, yeah. It's a real quick closer. Um, I'm fine. Segment. I know you're still at work, so I'm fine. I'm, I'm good as long as you want to go. So sounds you, good. You do what and you got. This, this is our last. Our last one. Okay. Um, this segment is called A Letter from Walt. Hmm. If Walt was to come back today, what are st- three key things you feel would be changed and changed in from Walt's point of view? What do you think are some things? 
he would change or adjust or something that would see a change? What do you think Walt would change if he was to come back today? Well, Walt is, was all about the, the guest and the guest experience and them having a good experience and going home, talking about his parks and how clean they were and talking about, that's a tough question. I was talking to a friend before this and I had asked that question and it's, I don't know what he would, you mean? So if, so if Walt just boom, so let me understand it, Walt's back, he's changing stuff. Are you asking what that would be? Or are you asking if what there he would, were, what would it, based, based on where it's at right now, Mm-hmm. The Disney company, what are some things he would change? Because obviously there's some stuff that I'm sure would stay, but there are some things. So like for me, one thing I would, and you and you kind of touched on it, is the overall cleanliness and maintenance of the park. Mm-hmm. I think that would be key to Walt, to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, yeah, all, all, all the parks we have under the Disney umbrella. Um, that's the first one I would say. There'd Two, be no reservation system. I'm just telling Two, you that right now. I, I was just going to say, yeah. there would be no reservation systems. Um, and honestly, I don't think that, I think the capacity of the park would be less. I think mm-hmm. he would visualize that yep. it can be too crowded and we're not having fun. I can see Disneyland being at a lesser capacity, no reservations, sure. but a lesser capacity. Sure. Um, and then two, or the last one, I think, it, the storytelling yeah. would be on the forefront of all projects, whether that's the entertainment business, mm-hmm. the park business, yep. the cruise and, and attraction stuff. I think storytelling would be at its all time. I agree. And I think, I think he would, um, I think he would listen to the, to, to the guests like, mm-hmm. like he did before. Walt Disney used when he was alive would walk around Disneyland and just get in the queues. He told his Imagineers, I want you out there listening to what people want. And, and that would always be happening. You would always see Imagineers trying to figure out they could do better. I think, I don't think one, and and it's it's weird to put, I don't know how to put this. I don't think one thing would be more important than the other. If Walt Disney was alive and Disney plus was, was a thing. It would be just as important as the parks. It would be just as important as Marvel. It would be just as important as as Disney Animation because that's what his company was built on was animation. I think you, you know, would see, it would be he'd have the right people in the right place all the time to make everything. I might I might be I might be like going on too far, but it wouldn't be like this at all just because of his mindset. I don't think I honestly don't think Disney. If Walt was around today, obviously he's not, and he wouldn't be able to at this point. But I honestly think Disney wouldn't have Pixar, Star Wars, or Marvel because when you look, I agree with you. I I do agree with you. Say we don't need it. He would say we don't need it. Would create his own stories. I mean, when you think about Jungle Book and the Rudyard Kipling book, did you read it? No. Good. I'm going to tell you our version of it. And stuff like that, but yeah, it's very interesting that, because that, that kind of goes back to why is the magic so different today than before, and so bringing it full circle is what the time saying. Well, yeah, and and I think it'd be a lot different. I think the magic with Walt, if Walt was to come back today, would not be restored. 
but it'd be definitely fine tuned Mm -hmm. to where what we want to see and how to make it profitable would be blended better than what it is today. There's such a hard line between what guests want and what the business needs to make. There's such a hard line between the two that if Walt would see that line would be nice and blurred together where we don't see it. I think, I I mean, I think we talked about this or we asked this and it's kind of going off topic again. Um, Obviously there was, there was pressure to change Splash Mountain, right? For obvious reasons. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you this. Uh, I think we've discussed it. Would Walt, have done, would Walt have caved and done it? I say yes, because he listen, He listens to the people. What are your thoughts? Would he have, would he have, and I don't consider it caving. It's the right thing to do because of the times of that movie and stuff. And I understand that. But would Walt, I mean, changing the, when we can even go a step further, Pirates of the Caribbean, changing red, would Walt have, Walt would have heard those, complaints because Walt was a people person it would have been fixed like that it would have been changed do you agree with me on that or no I'm, I'm, I'm torn because I, I want to say yes yeah but a part of me says no and the reason why a part of me says no is because I feel like those challenges would have they would have been changed but they would have been changed in a more seamlessly way where the the attractions didn't seem like they were influenced by the guest where Walt was staying ahead of the curve knowing, Hey, that's probably not okay. So we're going to change it. And we're going to, because I feel, and, and, and I'm, I'm on the opposite boat here for a lot. I, I feel know. like song of the South was that type of message is it wasn't meant to be a bad movie. I think he was really trying to give a life to a dark subject. Sure. And it just still seems dark yeah, in today's it does. era. It does. And so I think he'd be conscious of that. And I feel like things in Pirates, that the changes that have happened, the changes that will happen, would be starting to be made to where to the public, it just seems like, hey, this ride is ran its course. We're going to bring something fresh. We're going to bring something new. Mm-hmm. Versus, hey, this is controversially wrong. Yeah. So yeah. we're changing it. That's, that's so I do think point. it'd be changed. Point. But I think it'd be seamless with us as it guests. It wouldn't look like it's like we're flashing all this light on it. That's why we're doing it. Correct. Okay. That makes yeah. So um, if Walt was in charge, would would the company be considered a woke still? Do you think? Honestly, I feel like if Walt was still around, the word woke wouldn't be a word. <laughs> that's a really good point. That's a that's a great statement. Honestly, because I, I, I just feel like there's certain leaders in the world that. Are putting that word on a pedestal? Would Walt make- would Walt have changed the inclusionary stuff that that they've changed with the, the? I mean, Walt was very specific back in the day about you had to look a certain way. I I think he would have changed with the times, and I think he would still be inclusionary. And I think, you know, what what do you think about that? Like, you know, you, I, you can show your tattoos, and you can do that now. Oh, to an extent, I, yeah. I think there'd be there would be still some structure to it. But sure. I don't think it'd be as loose as they're going right. today. Right. But I don't think it'd be as harsh as it was. I don't want to use right. the word harsh, but as strict as right. it was early Disney. Well, I he had his own be, way. He had his own way. and wanted things his way, but obviously would bend and give the people what they want as well. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to give Walt a lot of 
credibility here. I mean, you don't need to try, but I'm just saying that I, he was a guy and a visionary that was, I feel like, like you said, always a step ahead of everyone else and would have, and would have seen this coming before it actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tiana thing, I think I'd have seen that before. It's probably, yeah, probably good, to, good idea to do this and not, but not shed the light on it that you're talking about now, mm-hmm. you, you know, then the, oh, we're, we're doing this because of this, obviously, you know, but yeah. You, you see it with the magic and not the force. Right. Oh, that's a good one. That's nice. Well, with that, uh, <laughs> that kind of brings us to the close of our journey through the CEOs. Yeah. What's here. next? Uh, next week, uh, we have. Two weeks. What's next? next topic. I got it right you know? here. Give me. I got to start preparing because I don't, like I said, I don't prepare for any shows but this one. So, yeah, and I'll try to be a lot more uh, no, ahead of the time. You're perfect. Let's see. So, while he's looking at that, um, want to thank all of you guys for listening, being our supporters. Um, if you want to join our Patreon campaign, we would greatly appreciate it. Patreon is fun. Uh, we have the Discord that our Patreons get to sit and watch us plan the shows and talk crap to each other. Um, yeah, it's it's fun. It's a good time. There's also other tiers that when we do interviews, you'll have the opportunity to sit on sit in with us on the interviews and possibly ask questions. But um, yeah, we don't you don't have to do it. We'd love to do it to help support the show. We'd appreciate it. Also, check out getawaytoday.com, which is our main our main sponsor. That if you need travel needs or anything like that, you can definitely. Check out, check them out, and plan your Disney trip, Universal trip. Um, lots of lots of fun stuff coming from Getaway today, in the future. So, um, yeah, check them out. Designer Park Co. Our bags, Discord Apparel. Oh my God, it just continues. I feel like we're we're just moving on up. But um, yeah, check this out. So, Lewis, do you have what the next topic is yet? So, our next topic, in honor of this Friday's kickoff of the Disney 100, we have reflecting the hundred, and that is uh, reflecting. And uh, kind of like um, uh, a Disney top 10 of Ooh. all things Disney. So attractions, films, uh, Imagineers. Overall, it's it's kind of like uh, the Oscars are going on right now. It's just us reflecting the 100 years of Disney and just really highlighting a lot of key moments, a lot of key things and reflecting as we kick off this 100-year anniversary for Disney. And then our following show for Main Street View is a fun one. We kind of take a little bit of a left turn going from this deep dive into the culture, the aspect, the history, and blueprint of Disney. And we have a little fun with the episode that's called The Little Big Things That Make Disney. And that is discussing uh, custodial art, trash cans, mailboxes, and scents, and all things Disney parks. So just the little things that are almost missed but everybody remembers them. So those are our next two episodes. Did you say trash you know, cans? For those. What's that? Did you say trash cans? Trash cans, mailboxes, you know, everything. You know, you know who we got to have on that show. She's she be mad. Exactly. If she, okay, she's going to be pissed if we don't have her on that show. So Yes, and then uh, those are our next two. And then we have uh, Disney Flippers, <laughs> which that's going to be a very fun one. So those are our next couple of episodes. Um, but our next one is the Disney 100 reflecting the 100. Cool. Um, appreciate you, Lewis. Have a great time this weekend at, at the park. I know when this comes out, this will come out on the day that you're going to have to be at the park. So have a great time. You're going to be at Mickey and Minnie's first day. Have a great time, my friend. I'm sorry I couldn't make it down there, but um, we'll hook up here soon. 
Absolutely. I'm so stoked. Uh, Take us out. I'm, I'm, I'm taking pictures. I'm going to be a kid in a candy park. Um, if you guys are hearing this on Friday, I will be in the park and I will have a stack of stickers on me. So if you see me, follow me on at Sunken City Designs on Instagram. If you see me posting, I'll be posting wherever I'm at. I'll have stickers on me and all types of cool little knickknacks. So if you see me, grab some merch. And I'm looking forward to next week's uh, live show to talk all about it. Well, with that being said, we hope you enjoy the view from Main Street. We'll talk to you guys soon. Good night.